I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, another year? Thoughts on another year, a list, a hundred things, and an octopus or two. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 448. I think it's octopus. That's the word that comes up as I just glance through what I think is getting ready to unfold. Octopus. It could be something else. It could be a light a candle. It could be ice cream. It could be 51. It could be prime. All kinds of things. Prime is probably the kind of word I would typically choose. And this show started before the actual recording, of course. Started with the words. The words begin at a point in which you can't always record. So today is my birthday. And as I think about this show... It's almost one in the morning, and I'm on the couch with my phone propped between my knees and a small keyboard in my lap, a keyboard that lights up, that lights up in so many ways, in so many colors. And I'm putting this keyboard through its hoops, and though my eyes struggle to see the words appearing on the phone screen, even at this distance, my fingers know what they are doing. My fingers have known their way around the keys since I was in high school and took typing. One of my favorite teachers. And a skill that never left. We all know what they say about riding a bike, but I don't know. I haven't been on a bike in probably, uh, 40-ish years. Maybe more. And the idea terrifies me somehow. Absolutely terrifies me. But typing, I'm pretty sure that once you know how to type, it never leaves you. If you know how to type, you know how to type. Doesn't mean you could tell someone where the keys are. If you really know how to type, that's often the case. Your fingers just know. If you know how to type, your fingers just know. It's been fascinating to me to realize How many people are really, really, I mean, really attached to typing fast? I've always typed fast. My mom always typed really fast, and that made me want to type fast. And so I've always been really proud to type fast. I wish that my kids had been willing to learn how to really type. They've both adopted their own systems, and they don't really see the need in such an archaic skill. Their systems work. It's just not quite the same. But in doing all the research I've done over the last weeks, last several weeks, many weeks on keyboards, I also started seeing and watching video channels that are about typing and about typing fast. Entire videos devoted to typing, to showing off fast typing. I am readjusting because 
it seems quiet until I start and then there's this squeaking sound. And I literally thought I was going crazy because I kept hearing it. I would take the headphones off and I wouldn't hear it, but I finally just caught it. I think there are kids outside next door, maybe with a dog toy. And it's picking up through my headphones. If it's picking up on the microphone, that will be disappointing, but I will leave this explanation so that you know that's what it is. Because it's this really high-pitched, really high-pitched sound. So there's all these videos devoted to typing and fast typing and the sound of typing. When you are looking into mechanical keyboards, the sound is critical. It's not the only factor, but it's this really important part of the overall experience and profile. So lots of videos about the sounds of typing, the sounds of typing, but fast typing is something that seems to be really pretty cool in today's video landscape really surprised me. It did. There are so many sites where you can go and test your typing. I do those tests and I know that I've slowed down. I've slowed down. Everything about me has slowed down, but I'm not even sure I like the race of it. Part of me thinks, oh, I should start doing this and practice every day, time myself every day for a month and see if I improve, especially as I switch keyboards. But part of me doesn't like the race of it, the clock ticking away as I type my way through a nonsensical paragraph of information, words strung together often without meaning. Part of me doesn't like it, and part of me does. Part of me so, so into the race of that. It's always that yin and yang, that disjunct, that attempt to balance those scales, The same with talking. Part of me talks really fast and part of me talks really slow. And I watch videos and they talk like this and they talk so fast and you have to try to give up. And I know that that's actually what makes a lot of people succeed. And yet I continue to slow things down in a way that sometimes surprises even me. So you type your way through this nonsensical stream. Paragraph of information, words strung together often without meaning. And the brain has to quickly spell those words in order to type them. You don't just type a word usually. Your brain sort of spells it. The brain sees the word and has to fire off the letters to the fingers. I don't think that I type whole words. I think I type sequences of letters strung together that make words. The brain says those letters. S-O-S-O-T-H-E-R-E. There. I-S-I-S-A-L-W-A-Y-S. Always. T-H-I-S. This S-T-R-E-A-M. Stream of internal noise. One layer saying the words in my head, and one layer also somehow spelling the words out. And the clatter of the keys. It is a full cycle and integrated process. Now I have the same sort of experience, even writing by hand. I've been typing on a laptop for years now, several years. And given the pandemic and the way that shifted me to the couch and the living room, I'm really grateful that I landed with a portable system a few years ago. I don't know how things would have gone. It would have been really different if that wasn't the case. But I used to work with a keyboard. And I used to use 
a portable keyboard that I would take with me in the car and set up on my phone and type. At one point, it was a keyboard that folded in half, and then after that, I had a different one, another small one. Way before that, I had a little thumb board. That was for one of my early palm or handheld devices. Those little keyboards are really cool. Just turn them on, turn your phone on, drive somewhere, park, unfold the keyboard and type. You didn't need a laptop. You could just type on your phone. And that was younger me. A lot of things go along with that exact moment and that exact picture. But sitting here tonight, pre-birthday, typing into my phone without having to have my system up and running, the noise of it, the whir of it, the heat of it on my lap, the weight of it. There's a beautiful freedom in it. An invitation. And we all want an invitation, right? An invitation to string thoughts together and see what we can weave, what tapestry will emerge, shuffle thoughts in the kaleidoscope wheel and see how they bloom into different arrangements of color and shape. Patterns that form organically out of the spin and out of the twist and out of the turn. Meaning. I always flash back to the woman in Station Eleven who spent her time drawing a graphic novel about an octopus. The drawing process was always so beautifully described. This aura of flow that you wanted to just fall into. She was so absorbed in it. And you wanted to see those pages to really see what she was drawing that would be described in such a way. That character and her graphic novel was always a favorite part for me, at least in the flashback story. Now, the octopus wasn't part of this meandering. I didn't know there would be an octopus today. Where did it come from? Well, the images of kaleidoscopes and their branching, organic, mandala-like forms, like tentacles of an octopus, spreading from a central mass, undulating. There have been several octopus cards lately that I've seen from artists in my groups, too, and there you go. Octopuses. Octopi. Octopuses. Station Eleven, The Wandering Path, the Shakespeare in that book, the falling snow in the opening scenes. And then I think about jellyfish because I just talked about the undulating and I realize it's not quite a central mass, but then I think about the jellyfish. And in Oregon, jellyfish on display in different cases in the lobby of a hotel. These images just come to mind. The moment of reading all over coffee. It is decadent to sit with a keyboard or pen and paper and just follow words. Yes, decadent. It is decadent to do so. It takes time that feels elusive. And it is time that is amorphous, very much kaleidoscopic. As long as you can sit with the keys or the pen and paper, there are words. 
They are sustainable. They are self-renewing. They are recyclable and reusable. It is a process of dipping into something infinite. This stream of words and thought and the infinite ways in which they can be connected, strung, dotted along a path, rearranged, reordered, striped and hatched and deconstructed into bits and pieces or layered into a pastiche of memory and meaning. And then shuffled to start again. Shake it up. Look again. See something new. Twist the outer rim. Twist the inner rim. Twist them both. Twist them both the same way. Twist them both opposite ways. Twist them the other way. These are the variables that we can control. These are the variables that create change and meaning and pattern and color. I love the way our brains work. I love the way details appear unbidden or details appear that we didn't think we still had within us. I love the way we make connections and string words together and play leapfrog with ideas, jumping from one thought to another to another in a seemingly unrelated chain that comes full circle. Depending on which cycle I choose for the keyboard, the colors change. Just click a few keys and they change. The pattern changes, the timing changes, the intensity changes, the color changes. Such a simple thing. It's something I wasn't even sure I wanted, this color. Now that sounds funny, but this light and color, I wasn't sure I really wanted that. This whole RGB thing. Part of me thinks opaque keys are super cool. Flat color, chalk-like keys, they're cool. Vintage keys, vintage colors, candy-like keys, candy land keys. But with this pulsing color at my fingertips, I feel like I'm in the land of unicorns. Absolutely. Or something like that. There's this rainbow sensibility now at my fingertips that is undeniably magical. It is strange, this impulse that I have to record a show on my birthday. In the same way that we so often gear up for something and then feel empty afterwards or deflated, like something went pop. The 15-year milestone for the CMP passed a few weeks ago. It simply passed. And afterwards, I couldn't figure out why I worked so hard to do those two shows. Why I thought they mattered so much. I was somehow really excited about the moment. It felt important. It felt like I was holding this ball of something and I was at a point on a cusp at a precipice. And yet it just passed. It passed in such a way that it was all really just true to form, true to the 15 years. That was the net-net. I put so much into it. So much into those two shows, really. And it just passed. It was just a blip. Not even something that made the radar for most listeners. Pop! I thought I would plow through from there and that everything would start clicking again on an upward path. Every time I think somehow that 
This tide is changing in multiple areas. And I see the light or the glimmer of light, or I think, oh, if I just keep going, there will be light. I just kind of fall right back down that hill. But I thought at that moment that maybe it was a moment, a moment of potential and possibility. I thought that suddenly after 15 years, I was finding the locked door and ready to move through, finally finding that door. But really, it was just one more show or two more shows. Whatever key I thought I was holding definitely wasn't designed for the door. In the weeks in between, it's all mellowed. I sort of needed the CMP anniversary to answer some questions for me before I could think or can think about moving forward. And unfortunately, it didn't answer those questions. Or maybe it did. Maybe it did, but not in the way I wanted. And maybe I just don't like the answer, so I'm just ignoring it. And that's very likely the case. Could be. And in its own way, that will be an answer. But time doesn't stop. Time doesn't stop. Pop! And here we are again. Another marker. And it's a day that always feels close to me in terms of the CMP. I'm not sure that I really have it in me today to talk about self-portraits, although initially that was my plan in thinking about a birthday show just in the abstract in advance. Self-portraits are always part of June and the June shows. I talk about self-portraits in June because it is a birthday month and I need to do a self-portrait today. That's a tradition, one that has grown out of the CMP for sure. I need also to make a grid of the 52 weekly self-portraits that have been a marker of the last year, what I called year 50, and they have been a marker of the last two years, 50 before 50 that year, and year 50. So those are things on my radar for today, or maybe the next few days. No need to pile it all up. I don't need to work so hard in my non-work moments but I typically do. Although I do have a game that I'm really hooked on and really loving right now, and I pretty happily, willingly sit and spend way too much time with my game. It is a way to decompress. Everyone wants you to stop doing all the things you do that, yes, are time wasters, but help you decompress. I believe we need ways to decompress. And yes, art is great for that, And the drawing every day keeps me very balanced and makes me feel good. It makes me feel that balance in really concrete ways. But I also need that just downtime of doing something mindless that doesn't have anything I need to show anyone. People, you're not making your art for other people. At the core, you're making it for you. It is hard to believe that it's been two years since I made that list. Wow, read that book, Pink Invitations, all of that. Made that list, sat in that hotel breakfast room and thought about the 50 before 50 project. Just thought about the year. What would I do? What did I want to do? How could I make it a year that honored the year and didn't just let it evaporate in a mindless string of days that are so busy and 
whatever, disjointed, disjunctive, depressing, sad, downwardly mobile, all those things. What could I do for 50 before 50? What could I do for the year? I made that list. I considered a whole bunch of things. And I talked about these things, things like a year of coffee shops and a year of libraries, a year of ice cream shops. So many things came up as possibilities, things I could use as a fulcrum and make the whole year revolve around. I was really trying to sort out what would work. And then decided on a list of 50 before 50 things that the 50 before 50 list would be the project and that an illustrated journal would record the year and the doing of the list. Best decision maybe that I've ever made personally, creatively. And I thought people might follow along. I thought maybe there was a door and a key two years ago. And there wasn't. What was number nine? What was number 12? Did you do 25? Didn't really work out that way, but we each are living our own years, whatever number they are. The second part of that year, of course, was nothing like I expected, nothing I could have planned. COVID forced me to rethink things and rethink the list. And it all worked out. Best thing I ever did. And now another whole year has passed. And yes, of course, it was a pandemic year. But it also feels like it was a year adrift coming off of the 50 before 50. I thought I would have a list last year. Having that 50 before 50 list was so powerful for me, so anchoring. It was such a motivator. It was so productive in its own way because it always gave me something to think about proactively doing. And so I thought I would have a list for the following year, last year, and it just never happened. And if it had happened, I'm not sure what it would have looked like. It would have had to be much different because of the restrictions of the pandemic, the realities of the pandemic. We were locked down for most of the year, actually, well, pretty much all of the year. It could have had projects and things on it, though. And I still wish I had had that list. I felt unmoored without it somehow. I don't need a list to lock me in day to day. I don't need the list of every single little thing I should do. That's a fine list too, but that's not what the year list is. It's something bigger. This overarching list offers this free form, a la carte process of picking, choosing, contemplating, doing savoring, a process of living with intention and intentionality. I think that list was good for me, and I wish I had had it last year. A lot of things happened in the first few months of last year that probably contributed to me not having it, but we also often think about doing things and put it off until the next day and the next and the next, and suddenly You're halfway through your year and you think, oh, I never made the list. As I enter this new year, a list is something that I really want in place. So I say that out loud here. I want that in place. I enjoyed having lists. I enjoyed that I shared that year and that list with other people who also had lists. It was really powerful. And so I will be thinking about my new list. 
what things will go on it this year? What things will I check off through the year? It's a powerful process. There is something decadent and exciting even about the idea of it. And why it didn't happen last year, it makes me a little sad. But it would have been difficult, I think. And in all fairness to myself, the illustrated journal continued and I started doing Illustrate Your Week. And for almost the whole year, I put out prompt sets for Illustrate Your Week to guide myself in filling my journal and to hopefully inspire and guide others. They were free. Several people did them at different times. And it is a process I will return to. Illustrate Your Week is something that I care a lot about. And so that happened. Even without a list, the illustrated journal process continued to evolve and become something of its own. And one of the things I'm going to do is a flip through of the three sketchbooks that go back for these two years, starting with the 50 before 50. There were two, I think, for that year. But I am going to flip through those. I'm going to do that video style. For those of you who only listen to the podcast, the audio of that might be something I could pull out and post separately. So we'll see. So getting a list in place early on is important. And figuring out what kind of list it needs to be, it's also important. Everything is changing again, yes, but everything is changing again, yes. The aftermath of this year also has consequences, some pretty steep ones. And I find my brain reeling a little bit right now because, like I said, I thought there was this light. I thought I could see this light in several different ways. And all of a sudden, I'm realizing, whoa, there's something so noisy outside my window. You hear that? What you should hear, this is not at all in today's show, but it is now. Because what you should hear is the sound of the crows on the roof because it's becoming like something out of a scary movie and it happens all the time. And they stomp around on the roof. And the first few times it happened, I thought there were people. I thought someone was messing around the house. They're crows or ravens. I'm never sure what we have. And they sound like people. I am quite sure they might just fall through the roof. It's eerie. So we need to get a list in place. And I don't exactly know what a new one looks like. I can't repeat the things that I did. That was so exploratory, things I wanted to see for the very first time. Yes, I would love to see many of them again. Yes, I'm pretty clear I don't want to really drive a lot of places and deal with parking because I really hate all of that now where I am. And yes, it needs to be pretty simple to do. So we'll see. I don't know, but I hope you have a list. But that's not the only kind of list. Because there's another kind of list. And today, I didn't take the day off. (laughs) I didn't. And ultimately, I'm glad about that decision. I decided to take a Friday off instead One of those complicated reactions to the idea of a Wednesday off. It's just not the same. It's just not the same. So I decided I would work, but I wanted to record this first. And then what? Small list for the day. Yes, a private list. What goes on it? Well, yes, 
yeah, it's a private list, but these things are not all that really important. They have no consequence. So eat ice cream. And that actually took me by surprise. Deciding that took me by surprise. I'm not a dessert person and it's just not my thing. Ice cream is really not my thing, but cakes and stuff, that's even less my thing. But for some reason, ice cream sounded good. Record the podcast. That's on the list. Doing that now. Check. Drive to the ocean and take a walk. Well, see, that makes my list immediately. It's just de facto. It pops out of my head on my birthday to do that and draw, do those things together. But, you know, the road is still closed. It wouldn't quite work out the way I want because that road is still closed. So I probably won't do it. So I have to say it because it would make my list, but I probably won't do it. Sunset, that's always on my list too. And who knows what the weather will be or what I'll catch. Self-portrait ICAD, that's on my list. Today's prompt is margarita. And that's going to take a bit of finessing. It doesn't feel super authentic to me to work that in because it's not my thing. I've done the prompts so far though this year. And so I'm thinking about it. I had said to the group that I drew with over the weekend that I would probably do margarita earrings. The reality is, this is not some trade secret. You know, I could work the prompt in an earrings, a tattoo, a shirt. Pretty much any prompt can be handled that way. And sometimes it feels gimmicky, but sometimes it's just part of the series. It's just part of how to work it in. Doing the reflections in sunglasses was very much the same. So I'm still thinking about how to do that. You know, I got a list of other things. And when I made the list just now, it really sounds like it would require a day off. And so I know things won't really all happen. But checking in here with a podcast for this birthday point, that was important to me. Prime Day ended last night. And at the very last minute, I ordered something that I might decide isn't sensible at all. It wasn't expensive, but I already have buyer's regret. In the moment, it felt like I was taking a fork in the road, but it's a fork that goes in the different direction than the road that I already walk and love. I did have this new year, though, in my head thinking, oh, maybe I'll start this new year this way. Uh, Who knows? I don't know. I really have a lot of doubt that that was a a logical decision. The keyboard though, yep, that is making me incredibly happy. I forgot how amazing it is to just open up my phone, prop it up on a table or like this in my lap and start typing. How simple that is. The barrier to getting words into some strung together form and out of my head, it's incredibly reduced. This brings the power of whenever typing back to me. And so I'm loving that. For the last year or so, I've thought that I needed to go back to doing a newsletter. And I really know that most of us probably get so much email that we just don't ever read or open anything. But going back to a newsletter has been really tempting. Sometimes I think about it, though, and you have to put your address in. And that really stops me because I don't really think that's necessary for individual people to put their private addresses in their emails. But I keep thinking about it. If you've visited the show notes in the last month or so, they always have these randoms and it's kind of what I want to do. Although maybe 
I should just live on the blog. But I do think about the newsletter. I do need to start it all over though and make people sign up again. But that might be something that I think about over the summer. Once I get things cleared up in my head, get past all of this birthday stuff, I have several books about Japan that I want to talk about. I'm really excited about them. I'm not rushing them though. And yet in not rushing them, I'm actually not making my way through them. I'm completely enamored with these books. Amazed that I have three of them right now at the same time. I know I have talked about two or three similar books in the past. I'm just amazed that there are so many. So these are coming. I'm still working my way through those. A long time ago, there was a 100 things list. It's something I ran across when I was looking through those old show notes. And it came from somewhere. It had an origin. Anybody could write a list of 100 things. But my inspiration did come from somewhere. I saw someone do it. And then it was in a really early show. And I think I need to check in with myself and see what makes my 100 things list. What makes that list now? What would I write? What 100 things would I write if I was going to share that list? So that's a list I'm going to make. And I hope you will think about it and make one too. I think creating that kind of list, especially because it's a big list, can be really interesting The way your brain spits those things out, sometimes you break them up into separate items and sometimes they all go together. Several things that seem to be separate, but all go together in one. And the list itself becomes a poem for sure, but it's also autobiographical, revealing in some ways, although you completely are controlling that. It's a portrait. It's a self-portrait. The things that come up are often a surprise. They often rise so unexpected when you just start saying, okay, I'm going to list these things about me. And there can be great beauty and grace in the unfolding, in the juxtaposition of these things and in the layering and the words. I find list making like this to be both vulnerable and at the same time, a moment of poetry. I never know truly what I will write. And as I see the list items fall into place, I see the little bits of the past come to the surface. And I veto some things, things that are too personal or too private or that you don't need to know. Some of those might be interesting, but they don't necessarily go on this list. If I write it as a public list, there's this culling process, but it's still fascinating. And these little bitty things keep popping in from other places. And if you don't make that list, you don't have those things. You might have forgotten those things. It doesn't have to be, I like this food and this food and this food. It's sort of different than that. So I've started my list and I hope you'll start one too. I am the art. The art is me. And that is it for today. That is it for episode 448. It was definitely an octopus of a show. And some of you probably think, Oh, she always talks about how cool words are. (laughs) My mother would probably tell you I've been doing that since I was very small because words are infinitely cool. And I can just sort of wax poetic about words, which may or may not be your thing. You know, some people are willing to sit and listen to the sound of keys typing too. click in the clack of keys. 
We all have different things that we listen to, that we let the sounds go through our head. So if you listened, I appreciate it. I always appreciate those of you who listen to the CMP, who are here and who reach out. Thank you to those of you who did send me an email about the last two shows. I really appreciate it. I appreciate that both people I'm thinking of had a show in mind or a response to something about the show that has had meaning for them. So I appreciate that. As always, I'm Amy. You can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. You can find the show notes at creativitymatterspodcast.com. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidless. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy and as Creativity Matters Podcast. You can find me at YouTube as oamyoamy. You can probably also find it as Creativity Matters Podcast. I really do ask that you join me there. The most recent video is about using Notion to track your drawing, specifically in this case to track ICAD and any kind of challenge like that. But there are other kinds of videos, watching videos and time-lapse videos and other things. And something that I really am still trying to do, although there are challenges to doing it, but I super enjoy it. So it's on my list today. Next up should be a flip through of journal one of this series of illustrated journals. Thank you to those of you who support the CMP using either Kofi, the Amazon wishlist, starting your shopping for Amazon at the CMP, and a special thank you to those of you at Patreon, patreon.com slash creativity matters. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. Have a good week, everyone.